We're joined here on Triggered for a special interview with a great patriot, Congressman Ken Buck. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, Congressman. It's great to be with you. So we really wanted to have you on because you're taking a bold stand in Congress for Americans uh, by moving legislation to take on the big tech behemoths and standing up for Americans' free speech rights. And beyond that, you were one of the first to pledge not to take big tech PAC money, which was awesome to see. So just to start off, the House Judiciary Committee recently marked up the bills that you authored to rein in these big tech companies. Uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about them, what they do, and why it's so important that we get this passed. Well, let me start with why it's so important. Uh, these these companies absolutely are uh, in control of our political system, and they are uh, they are dangerous. They're the, the most powerful force on earth uh, that we've ever seen outside of any any government. And uh, I have to tell you, I, I am uh, really concerned about uh, what their values are when I see them interact with communist China. Um, I'm concerned about uh, how they uh, operate in the United States and and uh, after an 18-month investigation, it was clear that these these companies are crushing competition and, and censoring conservatives. And so uh, there are six bills, and, and these six bills really take a scalpel to a very uh, small piece of our economy. Um, it's not a chainsaw approach that is going to have uh, an impact, uh, and we've done our very best to make sure that there are no unintended consequences on the airline industry, the financial services sector and, and other parts of our economy. But uh, the, the first bill um, gives the uh, Federal Trade Commission and the Antitrust Division at the Department of Justice uh, more resources by raising the filing fees on the most uh, uh, expensive mergers and acquisitions. Uh, the, uh, that filing fee hasn't been increased in 20 years. And the uh, FTC is actually operating with less resources now to investigate high tech than they were uh, 10 years ago. And so it's important that they have the resources. The second bill empowers attorney generals. The, when the attorney generals file a lawsuit, uh, oftentimes these uh, mega companies move that lawsuit to the Northern District of California, where uh, the, the high tech companies have a more favorable uh, court. The, uh, the second bill just gives the uh, attorney generals the same opportunity as the federal government to choose the venue that they want to uh, have their case heard in. So if the Texas Attorney General is bringing a case, uh, the Texas Attorney General brings it in Texas, it stays in Texas, it doesn't get moved out of state. And the other four bills are just bills that, that create competition. I'll give you one example. Uh, one of them is called portability, where uh, in the 1996 Telecommunications Act, you are able to take your uh, cell phone number from one uh, cell phone provider to another. Uh, you take your pictures, you take your contact lists, um, all of that information is moved with you. And having that portability so that when you create a, a digital file based on your searches with Google, if you decide you want to move to Bing, you move that digital file with you. What happens in that situation is these companies now will start competing for your digital file. Some of them will say, we won't sell it to anybody. It's, it's private and that may get you to move it. Other companies may say, we'll, we'll pay you $50 a month uh, if you continue uh, searching with our, uh, our search engine. And, and it really is a way of opening up the marketplace. Google has a 94% market share of desktop searches and they, and they use that in a way that is, that is really harmful to the marketplace. 
Yeah, and so your uh, subcommittee, you helped spearhead the year-long investigation into big tech. Can you tell us a little bit about the examples you found of them targeting conservatives, uh, conservative media companies like ours at Town Hall, and how they're using that monopoly power to silence our voices? Sure. Well, I, I think it's obvious that, uh, you know, when it comes to a, a story like the Hunter Biden laptop uh, that the New York Post puts out, um, it was uh, suppressed by um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, and, and the way that uh, Google changed its algorithm six months before the election uh, uh, had a, a dramatic impact on Town Hall um, and many other conservative publications that you're uh, your readership went down, the stories, the positive stories about Donald Trump went down, the negative stories about Donald Trump throughout the, uh, the news world went up um, on, on uh, someone's search. And uh, they uh, absolutely knew uh, the effect of the algorithm and, and they did it to benefit uh, Joe Biden and, and to harm Donald Trump. Yeah, I was just thinking about that last night, how it's really understated how big of a role that played in crushing that story just weeks before the election. Congressman, talk to us about Google here. We're interested in what you found during your investigation. How is Google using its control over almost the entire web industry and, and advertising revenue to, to strong arm conservatives online? Yeah, and, and, and so the investigation, obviously, it's run by Democrats, and it wasn't focused on uh, censorship, and it wasn't focused on uh, you know, the, the harm to conservatives before the election. Uh, what we found were manipulations in the marketplace. And the reason that it's so important, I, I'm an all of the above guy when it comes to big tech. I, I think we've got to focus on uh, Section 230 and we've got to focus on privacy issues. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that President Trump brought his lawsuit. It's a, it's a novel legal theory, but uh, let, let him uh, move forward and other private parties move forward. But what I'm trying to do with the antitrust laws is to make sure that we end up with five Googles and seven Facebooks and that we end up with uh, real competition in the marketplace. If you look at uh, news uh, papers or if you look at cable news, uh, nobody says that, that uh, conservatives or liberals are being censored. What we say is that there's bias. Uh, if you go to this new cable news channel, you get one bias. If you go to this cable news channel, you get a different bias. Bias is okay. Consumers can deal with bias. What they can't deal with is censorship. And when there's a power broker like Google and a power broker like Facebook uh, disseminating information in unfair ways, that, that affects elections. And, and it, uh, as a free uh, country, we can't stand for that. Yeah, and, and yeah. so you mentioned uh, previously the Chinese communists and their ties to some of the Facebook so-called fact checkers. Uh, you know, they in the past have worked to crush our uh, conservative journalism and others are experiencing the same problems. How do you think we can we can approach that and, and getting them to at least cut ties with these so-called fact checkers that have these communist ties? Yeah, it's it's again, uh, I, I don't know that it's government's role to go in and tell a private uh, entity or a, a publicly traded corporation that they uh, this speech they, you know, is permissible and this speech is not permissible or this fact checker is accurate, this fact checker is not accurate. I think what we need to do is make sure we have multiple search engines that, that uh, are working for Americans. If, if Google decides that it wants to uh, suppress evidence of the origins of, of the COVID vaccine or the COVID uh, um, uh, pandemic, that's fine. 
Um, you know, they're, they, they can do that. Uh, they don't have, in my view, an, an obligation to uh, uh, change their algorithm in a way that puts that at the top of the page. But if there are competitors out there that are giving consumers information, uh, relevant information, they will gain more market share and cause Google to, to make adjustments. I think it's a much better idea to have competition than it is to have government interfere in, in how corporations conduct their business. Yeah, agreed. And one thing I've been trying to figure out is why so many uh, Republicans on our side of the aisle have been opposing your efforts to rein in big tech here. You know, it, it seems to be there is some bipartisan movement here. Democrats realize that Zuckerberg and Dorsey and Pichai are, are you know, a little way too powerful, I guess you would say. Why are some Republicans not supporting your efforts, you think? Well, I, I think there's a very legitimate debate within the Republican Party. We have a uh, we have two strong values that are at odds with each other. And, and you know, the great thing about the Republican Party and, and, and the conservative movement is that we debate issues openly. Uh, so often, uh, Democrats will just censor or uh, cancel those that, that disagree with, with their uh, particular views. And, and, and you, you especially see this with abortion and guns and, and the hot button subjects with, with the Democrats. But uh, on our side, we, we feel very strongly that the federal government shouldn't be this, this powerful monster that can interfere in our daily lives. And at the same time, there are some of us who feel that high tech is a powerful monster that is interfering in our lives and we need to create competition. So uh, by empowering these antitrust agencies, there are Republicans who are concerned, are you giving the federal government too much power? On the other hand, I think there's a balance and I think we need to make sure that we are enforcing the antitrust laws. That doesn't mean I want to uh, empower the NSA to listen to my phone conversations or read my emails. And it doesn't mean that I want to empower the FBI to investigate Republican candidates for president. Uh, th those are absolutely off limits. The IRS should not be discriminating against uh, conservative groups when they apply for nonprofit status. But in this particular case, these companies have absolutely gone uh, off the deep end, and, and we need to uh, empower the antitrust agencies to rein them in. And so I, I think I know your position, but you're, are you in favor of breaking up some of these companies, and, and what's your take on that? Excuse me. No, I'm not in favor of breaking them up. I think that, uh, again, that would create, give either a judge or a government agency the power to say, okay, you know, YouTube, you're over here, and Google, you're over here, and Instagram, you're over here, and Facebook, you're over there. I think what's more important is to uh, give the uh, marketplace the tools to create competition. And I, I mentioned the uh, portability issue. Uh, when, when we have portability, and you, you are the owner of your own data, which just makes sense to me, when you conduct a search, that's your data. And if you can move that anywhere you want, you're now in control and you can make decisions about who has the best search engine and, and who, has, who shares your values if that's one of the things that you take into account when you make a decision. No different than going to a, a grocery store or um, uh, you know, a laundromat or anything else. Uh, you, you as the consumer have this power to change the marketplace. I think when we give uh, courts and, and uh, enforcement agencies that power, 
uh, it, it sometimes can be abused. So I think they have the, the power to make sure that these uh, tools are being implemented in the marketplace. I, I think that the consumer is really the one to have the power to create competition. Right, right. Uh, Congressman, let's let's go into the future a little bit here. Uh, if we take the House next year and you become chairman of the subcommittee, um, what are going to be your priorities? What are you going to try and do to accomplish in holding big tech accountable? So there's a lot of ifs in that step. One of the ifs is, does Ken Buck get reelected? Um, you know, <laughs> another one of the ifs is, do we take the majority? Do the Republicans take the majority? And another one of the ifs is, uh, is anybody crazy enough after I'm uh, conducting this fight, you know, largely by myself, uh, with a few others, uh, Matt Gates and, and Burgess Owens and some other, uh, you know, really uh, strong Republicans. But, uh, you know, do I end up as a, a leader on, on antitrust anymore? I'm not, I'm not sure about any of those ifs, but I think that the priorities in the future should be to continue to look at how we make uh, our marketplace competitive and not just in big tech. I, I think that hospitals need to be examined. And I think there are uh, one or two other areas that, that are really important for us uh, to look at. And, and I, I say that because uh, America wins when we continue to lead the world in innovation. We lose when we, uh, or when we allow China to steal our innovation, our, 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 our product. Um, and we, uh, we lose when we allow big tech companies to suppress innovation. And so I think that the, the role of the antitrust committee is to encourage competition uh, in all areas. Well, we sure hope that you're reelected and, and the one spearheading this fight. You're doing great work out there. I just wanted to switch gears here for two quick questions. First, regarding the border crisis, since you're also the ranking member on the subcommittee on immigration and citizenship. Uh, do you see any end in sight for the total overrunning of our southern border that we're experiencing right now? And, and how do you feel about what's going on there and how we move forward to stop this? Uh, I have to tell you, I, I, I think uh, it, it has largely been overrun and it's it's terribly sad. The Border Patrol is, is just uh, doing a, a superhuman effort to try to control what's going on down there. And, and uh, President Biden has undone many of the great things that, that President Trump did to, to slow the tide of, of illegal immigrants. And, you know, what, what we do is um, they, they readily give themselves up. I mean, the word spreads very quickly and, and they give themselves up because they know they're going to be moved into the interior of the country and a hearing will be set a couple of years later and they're counting on the fact, the illegal immigrants are counting on the fact that uh, the, the Democrat party will, will uh, have another amnesty. And, uh, but for that hope, uh, we would not have the illegal immigration problem we have now. Yeah, and what do you make of the, some of the recent Democrats calls for defunding of ICE and CBP and some even going as far as defunding DHS? Well, I, I think it's crazy. You know, when, when people talk about defunding the Border Patrol or defunding ICE or, or defunding the police in some of these major cities, uh, their objection is to the law. It's not to the enforcement of the law. Uh, the, the ICE only enforces the laws that they're given the jurisdiction to enforce. If you want to change the laws, come into Congress and change the laws. You won't get it done because people don't want to be held accountable for that kind of law change. But, but it's, it's, you, you start to teeter 
on, on the brink of, of tyranny when you, stop, when you talk about here are uh, laws that have been passed um, in a, a republic and the result is that we're going to ignore those laws. Uh, President Obama famously did it by saying, I'm, I'm exercising some sort of prosecutorial discretion not to uh, use resources to, to uh, uh, enforce these laws. Um, but it, it really is tyrannical to think that uh, we will undo the will of the legislative branch by um, not enforcing laws uh, in, in, um, and by defunding or um, create, having less resources to enforce laws. Uh, it's, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a very dangerous path. And, and the liberals should be concerned about that because I'm sure there are a few laws that they uh, want enforced and uh, uh, protections that they want. Um, and if, if uh, conservatives get into power and, and they will, uh, the, 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 the tables could quickly turn. It's not something that I'm in favor of for either side. I, I don't want the liberals to do it. I don't want conservatives to do it. But uh, at some point, it's certainly something that people have to consider. Yep. And uh, last question I have for you here, and it's a hot button topic on especially conservatives up in arms about right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on the supposed door-to-door -door action by government officials regarding vaccination that the Biden administration is allegedly about to undertake? I, I uh, you, you just got another question with a bunch of ifs in there. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of silly. People, um, uh, I was at an event, uh, a rodeo um, uh, last week, and the, uh, the governor had a big bus there, you know, vaccinations given to you by Governor Polis. And, and I, it, it just scratched my head because my memory is that, that uh, President Trump uh, really, uh, cut through the red tape and got a, a vaccine out to the public um, in, in record time. And uh, Governor Polis is taking, and it's federal money that's paying for this vaccine, and Governor Polis is taking credit for it. But I think uh, anybody who wants a vaccine can, can uh, find one locally and can get one. Um, if, they don't, if, they, if they don't have any kind of transportation and they're concerned, maybe uh, you know, uh, people should be able to deliver vaccines to their door. But uh, just randomly going around and, and seeing if people have been vaccinating and trying to encourage them to back to get a vaccine seems to me to be very much uh, big brotherish in, in my yeah. mind. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. So uh, thanks so much for being so generous with your time, Congressman. We really appreciate it and, and keep fighting the good fight out there for us. We hope to have you back soon. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you today. We hope you enjoyed that great special interview, and we will be back later today with our normally scheduled episode of Triggered, so keep an eye out on your podcast feeds.